there, Bourbon Real Talk. Randy Sullivan, and I'm coming to you with a special request episode. You guys have asked me, because I get it, I'm Bourbon Real Talk, right? But I also love rye whiskey. And some of you have asked for my top rye whiskey list. And so it's coming to you today. And what we have is the top six rye whiskeys between 40 and $60. Now, there's a few things that you need to know about rye before we get started. First off, there aren't as many ryes as bourbons, okay? And, and, and rye used to be the biggest whiskey that was made in the United States. In fact, a lot of people don't know this, our founding father, George Washington, was the largest rye producer in the world during his time. That's how he made his money. It was currency. He made sure that every soldier had his ration of whiskey, and it was rye whiskey. But over time, we transitioned to making bourbon because it was corn-based and we had more corn than we did rye. And you can grow corn in a greater area in the United States efficiently than you can rye. And rye whiskey has its sweet spot in the history of American whiskey. Now, rye is a little bit harder to make than bourbon. And that's because there are some components of rye that cause it to be cantankerous whenever they're trying to ferment it. It has a tendency to gum up and form kind of like this cap. It has a tendency to foam over, and that can also be an issue. Now, there's a big difference in rye mash bills, because keep in mind, in the United States, you only have to have 51% rye to legally call it a rye whiskey. But in Kentucky, because they love bourbon, what they make is barely legal rye, okay? It's typically 51% rye. But rye used to be a very popular product in Maryland, in Pennsylvania area, and there, tradition said that you made your rye out of about 80% rye. And so that's a much higher rye content. You're gonna have a whole lot more spice, a whole lot more cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, things like that. And so some of the whiskeys that we're gonna talk about today, you're gonna be able to see the difference between those two. Now, one of the other things that you're gonna notice as we talk about these whiskeys is the, the words on the label, they matter, okay? Because some of these whiskeys are called straight ryes. Now, what you need to understand about labeling laws in the United States is that the word straight is very important. If you're buying a whiskey that has the word straight on it, you know you're getting a pure product. But in the world of rye, it's different than bourbon. If you put the word bourbon on the label in the United States, it has to be 100% unadulterated. But if you put the word rye on a label in the United States, you don't necessarily know what's in it. In fact, even if the whiskey's made in the United States, it can have up to 2.5% adulterants in it. Bourbon is not like that. And so you might be getting a slightly better product if you buy a rye that says that it's a straight, than a whiskey that just says that it's a rye. But we're gonna get into that with some very interesting examples. Now, one of the reasons why we don't have as many whiskeys to go through today is because there aren't as many rye producers. In fact, traditionally, there's only been a couple of major rye producers. And one of them is in Canada. And it's just generally referred to as Alberta rye. And the whiskey is excellent. But in Canada, they don't have the same restrictions that we have in the United States for our manufacturing processes. So when you're buying a whiskey that's manufactured in Canada and it says that it's a rye, you don't always know exactly what you're getting. Now, sometimes whenever I do these top lists, I get people that wanna comment and they say, hey, you didn't include my favorite whiskey. And I totally get that, okay? 
But what I'm trying to do for my viewers is I want to give them something that's useful. And if I go out there and tell you that my favorite rye of all time is Booker's Rye that came out years ago and is now trading on the secondary for the price of a house, that's not helpful. I'm trying to give you guys suggestions that you can actually go out and you can purchase. And so whenever I was putting this list together, the easiest way to figure out what you all are able to find is for me to go out and buy new bottles. But I don't just go to one store because sometimes the store sold out or maybe their order didn't come in that week or whatever. And so the way that I came up with this list is I went to three different major liquor stores that have excellent whiskey selections. And I bought every rye whiskey that was between the $40 and $60 price point. Now, there were other whiskeys that I didn't purchase because maybe they weren't my favorite, or maybe they weren't good representatives for the category. Because as I've already mentioned, a lot of the rye whiskeys are made by a small handful of companies. And so I didn't need to have a bunch of producers that were buying the same source whiskey that were in the same price point. I just felt like I only needed to have one representative. And there were some very important whiskeys that I love that didn't make the cut for that reason. So if your favorite whiskey's missing, try not to get too upset. I wanted to get things that were representative for their category and were easy to find, or maybe it's just not in the price point, which brings me to my next point. We're gonna do another episode just like this one at a lower price point that's gonna include all of those amazing rye whiskeys that you're probably thinking I wasn't thinking of. So the other thing I took into consideration was people who make their own whiskey versus people who are sourcing whiskey and they're basically non-distiller producers. So I wanted to have some representation from both. There's also no particular order. So don't think that the number one whiskey was my favorite from this list. I'm just listing the six that I could find. So we have a lot of ground to cover. So let's get started. So number one that we have for you today is the Russell's Reserve Kentucky Straight Rye. It is distilled by Wild Turkey and the price is $56.99. Now, this is a non-age dated product, but it's rumored to be at least six years old. And uh, th that brings me to another point. Rye tends to mature a little bit faster than bourbon. Um, and so you're gonna see some lower age statements for some of the super premium bourbons. Typically, the proof on this product is 104 proof and it is non-chill filtered. So they left the oils in, but at that 104 proof, they don't really have to worry about product separation. The mash bill was 51% rye, 37% corn, and 12% malted barley. So again, we go back to that Kentucky style of rye, 51%, just barely legal rye. The tasting notes on this guy are caramel, vanilla, cherry, clove, nutmeg, and a little bit of dill. So I'm gonna give you some cheats for me whenever I'm tasting a rye whiskey. I'm either going to get typically, not always, but typically a dill flavor, or I'm going to get some sort of a pine needle flavor, or like a pine cone flavor. And it typically goes in one direction or the other with all of the other flavors that I come across. Now, what I really thought was interesting about this bottle is that it's a Russell's bottle, and the Russell's family has been in the distilling industry for, if you added it all up, probably over 100 years now. I know it's at least 90. You've got um, Eddie, you got, uh, well, you got Jimmy, Eddie, and then Bruce, and it's three generations. And on the, the label right here, it says, from father to son, the rye-making mastery represented in this bottle is a true testament to their distilling legacy and the strength of family tradition. And what's hilarious about that is that the patriarch, 
Um, he, he doesn't like rye. He doesn't like making rye. He doesn't like it that they're selling rye. He's like, rye's not supposed to made in, be made in Kentucky. Um, but Eddie's a little bit more reasonable about that. And Bruce is actually a lover of rye. And he's been real public about that. So he's been pushing uh, all of the brands to be able to release more rye whiskey because he thinks it's great. And so once again, we learn that the stories that are on the label are just marketing hype and they're kind of BS. Hey there, Bourbon Real Talk listeners and watchers. Randy Sullivan here. Wanted to take a quick break to tell you how you can support the channel. We've had a lot of people that have come into the Bourbon Real Talk family lately and we're grateful for every one of you. But unlike a lot of other channels, we don't have a Patreon and I don't allow anyone to sponsor the show. So what I do have though is some merchandise. So one of the things that I wanted to show you guys is we have Bourbon Real Talk Glen Karens available for sale on our website. Um, and great news, we actually have some Wee Glens uh, on their way. So we had Wee Glens custom manufactured. They're half the size of a regular Glen. Excellent for tasting. On the website, we also have candles. And they're more masculine scents, so this one's like leather. And these candles are manufactured by my daughter's candle company. She wanted to buy her own car, so we helped her start her own business. And she manufactured a line of masculine-smelling candles for the Bourbon Real Talk family. The next thing that we have is kind of a little interesting gadget. This is a Glen lanyard. So basically, it goes around your neck like any other lanyard, but it's specifically designed to hold a Glen whiskey glass. And it allows you to go hands-free. So uh, honestly, the first time I saw one of these, I thought it was a silly concept. Then someone gave me one. I used it at a bottle share. It was super efficient, truly made it a more enjoyable experience as I interacted with people. Um, we also have these decorative storage boxes for your whiskey samples. So if you get involved in the whiskey community, you're going to be given samples like this one. And one day you're going to look up and you got little sample bottles sitting all over the place. It doesn't look that good. And so we manufactured these uh, custom storage boxes. Uh, those are available as well. And the creme de la creme of merch for Bourbon Real Talk is the American Whiskey Aroma Kit. So the story on this is I was doing reviews. People kept asking me, how do you learn how to break down the different flavors of a whiskey? And I had learned through a wine aroma kit, but I could not find a bourbon aroma kit that I liked uh, most of them came in a cardboard box. The scents didn't always make sense uh, for bourbon. Some of them would say they were for bourbon, but they had scents in there that were really more scotch-focused. And so my wife, who helped with the candle company, helped me curate this box. We crowdsourced the 36 scents that went in this through the whiskey community. And I probably went through about 350 different scents to find these 36 uh, interesting little tidbit, I've given one of these to the master distiller of a major legacy Kentucky distillery, and he reported back that he loves all the scents and that he uses it to train his sensory team, uh, but I am not allowed to tell you what the distillery is, uh, or it would probably ruin my relationship with them. So, uh, if you saw any of this stuff, you want to support the channel, you can head on over to bourbonrealtalk.com forward slash shop. 
and pick something up. But if you just wanna hang out here and learn, I'm totally happy with that as well. Just happy to have you as a listener. So for number two, we have Pikesville Straight Rye Whiskey. It is distilled at Heaven Hill. The price is $40.97, great price. It is non-age stated, but it does say that it is at least six years. So the way that it works with age statements is you could have something in here that's 20 years, but if you put one drop of something that's six years, you have to state that it's six years, right? The proof is 110. The mash bill is 51% rye again, Kentucky style rye, uh, 39% corn, 10% malted barley. And the tasting notes on this are caramel, clove, cinnamon, pine cone so this one's got that piney note to it and not so much of the dill some orange zest so this has got a little bit of a citrus flavor to it and some milk chocolate it's not very bitter but there is a chocolate flavor some interesting factoids about this bottle is that they claim maryland heritage right so that's kind of the old school you would expect it to be a higher rye and that's where this brand was started this brand has a rich history okay but it was resurrected by the Heaven Hill Distillery and they claim that Maryland heritage, but it has a Kentucky mash bill, uh, which I kind of feel like is some marketing, you know, effery, if you will. Um, now, Heaven Hill is an amazing distillery. Uh, it's been family owned since 1935 and all the master distillers have been members of the Beam family. So if you've watched some of my other, you know, pieces, especially the one about the history of bourbon, you probably will remember that I told you that the Beam family is the first family of bourbon. They've been involved with so many different distilleries. The other interesting thing about this distillery is that in 1996, it totally burned to the ground. 90,000 barrels of whiskey exploded and there was a flowing river of burning whiskey that flowed down to the actual river and caught two miles of the river on fire. It was an ecological disaster. Uh, but it turned out not to have as big of an impact as people were afraid because, as it turns out, uh, whiskey is kind of an organic product and it doesn't affect the environment as much as you would think that it did. Um, now, to stay in business, and this is kind of interesting, I mean, you think about like Heaven Hill and Jim Beam and Wild Turkey all being, you know, competitors with one another, but they actually all kind of know and care about one another. Now, maybe not their sales reps, but in terms of their production staff, they're all in it to win it, right? And so what's beautiful about this is that Brown Foreman and Jim Beam came together and helped the Heaven Hill Distillery to continue to have shelves on the product, or sorry, they continued to have products on the shelf so that their brands didn't fall apart. And now Heaven Hill uses a yeast that's not their original yeast because it was dis destroyed in the fire. And so when you think about like the family orientation of whiskey, that also applies to the distilleries. Now at this point, because the distillery was destroyed, Heaven Hill had to purchase a distillery to get things back up and running. The Bernheim distillery was a brand that was being resurrected. The Bernheim family was a very powerful um, entity inside the whiskey world, but because of their Jewish name, they never produced whiskey under their own name. And somebody had the foresight to say, hey, let's start a brand under this name and, you know, bring this family to light the way that they deserve to be for all they've done in whiskey history. And they were building their distillery. At the time, they hadn't even started production yet, but their still was finished. Everything was ready to go. 
Heaven Hill found themselves in a position where they desperately needed to have a still. And so they were able to buy that distillery and pick up production. So it's just another beautiful example of how whiskey brings people together. So number three, we have Rossville Union straight rye whiskey, and it is a barrel proof. They do have some non-barrel proof versions that are a little bit cheaper. This is produced by the MGPI Distillery out of Indiana. The price is $63.99, don't kill me. It's a little bit out of the price range, but as I said, they have some cheaper versions. Um, this one was important for us to include because this distillery actually makes a lot of the products that you see in other bottles. This was, uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but they make a lot of rye whiskey. This product is non-age stated, but it is rumored to be five to six years old. It is 112.6 proof. Uh, it is a barrel proof, which means that if you were to go out and buy this, chances are the release that you were able to find would not be that exact same proof. Now, I can't exactly tell you what the mash bill is, and that's because this producer has three different rye mash bills. One is 95% rye with only 5% malted barley. Pretty interesting. Uh, they have another one that's 51% rye and 49% malted barley. And then they have a third one that's 51% rye, 45% corn, and only 4% malted barley. So very different mash bills, but those three mash bills can be blended together and made into Rossville Union. So we don't know exactly what it was, but it's a combination of those three. Now the tasting notes that we're going to get on this are caramel. And I actually get raspberry on this one. There's a little bit of a red fruit flavor on this. And MGPI is known for having a dill component. It is also a little bit of a black pepper flavor with some cinnamon. Now, some interesting factoids about MGPI is that they were the largest producer of rye whiskey in the United States, okay? They were kind of the undisputed heavyweight champions, uh, but they didn't sell any products under their own brands. They were selling all that product to other brands. Those brands were building, you know, a huge amount of equity in the marketplace, and some of them sold for outrageous amounts of money. And as MGPI's products became more and more popular, it became an issue because they started to run out of inventory and they're a publicly traded company. And if you know anything about publicly traded companies, you can't have a reduction in your income, right? Because all of a sudden the whole board of directors jobs are in jeopardy, the whole executive team is in jeopardy. So they had to come up with a business plan of how they were going to make more money. And what they decided to do was to buy a couple of brands from some small producers locally that were associated with their history. And one of the brands that they bought was Rossville Union, which was the name of the train station from the location that they reside at. Another interesting fact is that MGPI has been operating on the same site since 1857. And there was a small break for prohibition because boo, um, but they picked right back up and MGPI is an amazing company that's doing some great things. And I really hope that their Rossville Union brand does well because you as a consumer can buy this product. It's typically available on the shelf and it's not super expensive. And guess what? If they hadn't put it in this bottle, you'd probably be buying it under another brand at a much higher price. Number four, we have Michter's Kentucky Straight Rye, and this is a single barrel. Now, this one I kind of put in here because I wanted to teach you all a little bit about labeling and marketing deception. It's also pretty good whiskey. So the distillery is undisclosed. So 
what they want you to believe is that they made this whiskey, but they didn't, okay? It's rumored to be Brown Foreman. The price is $48.99. It is non-age stated, but it must be at least four years because it does say that it's a straight and it's non-age stated. So in one of my previous episodes, I made reference to a bottle being four years because it was a straight and several of you like aficionados got in the comments and said, it only has to be two years to be a straight. Hey, guess what? I've read the standards of identity a hundred times. I know that. I just knew that that particular bottle was non-age stated, which also means therefore it is a four year because the rule is two to four years, age stated, straight. Over four years, non-age stated, straight. So this has to be at least four year old juice. The proof is 84.8 and the mash bill is also undisclosed because they don't make it. It may be that it's coming from multiple sources and so it's not the same all the time. I don't really know. Now, this one is interesting because the tasting notes were that it was smoky and smoke is something that you'll sometimes get out of a higher age in a barrel and rice are not typically super high age. So to get something smoky was interesting. There's a little bit of nuttiness to this, maybe a little bit of a peanut, peanut butter flavor. Uh, there's a general baking spice note. Um, now this one is a little bit hollow in the mid palette from the transition, transition from the mid palette to the finish. Uh, but there's some mint, um, some honeysuckle, and there's some older flavors. Like there's a little bit of a oaky astringency because when whiskey spends a lot of time in a barrel and it starts to extract those barrel tannins and it gets a little bit bitter, it can be a little bit astringent on the palate. And this one has that. And I don't think any of the others in the lineup had that. So I really don't know how old it is, but whatever it is, the oak has affected it in that way. Now, some interesting factoids is that Michter's is a famous historical name in the whiskey world. They first started operating in 1753. So the name is older than the United States. But the problem is, is that the Michter's brand is kind of hid behind all that history to a little bit mislead consumers. So a lot of the products that they release, you don't really know what it is that you're getting, where it's from. And they say little things like, um, you know, on the front of this label, it says that this is distilled in small batches according to the Michter's pre-revolutionary war quality standards, which anybody reading that would assume that Michter's was the one distilling it because, hey, that's how they controlled that it was to their standards. But if you look right here on the bottom of the back of the bottle, it says that it is bottled by Michter's distillery. It does not say distilled by. And so we really have no idea what this whiskey is, uh, but all in all, it's a good whiskey. The proof is a little bit too low. It can be a little bit light, but that can sometimes be an advantage because if you're trying to transition from a easier to approach bourbon whiskey that's a little bit sweeter to get into rice, maybe a lower proof is a good way to start. If you're trying to get into whiskey altogether and you wanna try rye, a lower proof whiskey like this one would be a good one. It is quality, it's got some barrel characteristics to it. And so this is one that I think, maybe you should put it in your collection. All right, number five, we have Whistle Pig. And this is the piggyback. So this is the, the, the younger version of what a lot of you have probably seen before. This is distilled in Alberta, Canada. 
So as we've mentioned already, it means we don't exactly know what this is, right? Because their standards for what they can call a rye whiskey and what our standards are, they're different. Our standards for rye whiskey are a little looser than bourbon. And so, you know, this is a little bit of an unknown, but they've kind of proven themselves to make some good whiskey. The price point is $49.99. The age is six years, it's stated on the label. The proof is 96.56 proof, which is a very specific proof. Um, often when you talk to distilleries, like, why did you come up with that proof? They're like, well, that's the proof that it tasted the best at. And I'm like, so 96.55 didn't work? 96.56 was where it was at? I don't know. Um, this one is also interesting because it is a 100% rye mash bill. And if you know anything about grain, you have to have a little bit of an enzyme to release the uh, sugars out of the grain so that the yeast can turn it into alcohol. So anytime you see 100% rye, it means that they had to add some chemicals into it because they didn't have the enzymes from the malted barley to make it happen. Um, tasting notes on this are cinnamon and cherry. It is like over the top cinnamon and cherry. And then on the finish, there's a little bit of a slight earthy tinge that I kind of find interesting. It's a little bit like a musty forest floor thing that's going on. Now, this whiskey has labeling that's a little bit different from the other. So first off, it's not a straight, which it couldn't be because it wasn't made in the United States. So it came from Canada. Um, and, and secondly, um, as you look at this, you start to realize like, I really have no idea what this is, right? Um, and, and, and that's okay. And that's kind of an alignment with the history of this distillery. This distillery was founded by a showman. So first off, the founder of this distillery was literally on the show, The Apprentice. He got fired for asking out Anna Kornikova and also Donald Trump's personal assistant, okay? So he got kicked off the show for pissing off Donald Trump. Now, one of the other really interesting things about this, this distillery founder was that he had a passion and his passion was that he wanted to make farm to table whiskey. So you've heard of farm to table restaurants he wanted to make farm to table whiskey where everything that went on with the manufacturing of this whiskey took place on the ranch itself. And because he is such an extreme character, he got into a bit of a conflict with some of his investors. And from what I understand, these investors were billionaires. And if you know anything about getting into legal conflicts with billionaires, it's kind of a bad situation because they can, you know, bankrupt you. And they offered him a seven-figure check to walk away. And he turned it down because he wanted to launch the farm-to-table brand that he was working on. And they do have another release of this whiskey called Farmstock, which is not the full um, version of that vision, but it is partially the version of that vision. And they did push that forward. He did end up getting kicked out of the company. His, you know, was finally bought out in 2019. Um, but it wasn't before he engaged in some other antics. He ran for Congress. He's like this uber conservative. And he pulled this stunt where he literally went to Mexico and he rented an elephant. And he rode an elephant along the Texas and Mexico border with a six-person mariachi band playing music behind the elephant 
because he thought that that would highlight how little border security the United States had. So whether you think that's a good idea or a bad idea, this guy was crazy nuts wacko and it turned into an amazing brand that makes some pretty good whiskey and I think you should check it out. Last but not least, we have High West. It is a blend of straight rye whiskey, which is a pretty significant name. We're gonna talk about that. The distillery is MGPI, but it's also blended with some of their own juice, High West, which is why it's called a blend of straight rye whiskey. It is $60.99. It is aged four to six years. So as we've mentioned before, if it's four years plus and it's straight, it can be non it, it can be non-age stated and it can be called a straight okay but this particular whiskey has whiskey from two different states in it and one of the issues that you have whenever you're sourcing whiskey is that if your source whiskey is blended with something that's from a different state even though it matches all of the qualifications for straight it can no longer be called rye whiskey and it can no longer be called straight rye whiskey it has to be called blend of but that category only has to have 51 percent of straight whiskey in it but it could have up to 100 percent and so as a consumer when you see blend of you don't know what you're getting you might be getting something that's a 100 percent unadulterated product or you might be getting something that is actually adulterated and you don't know what's in it. And so what they did to fix this problem, because this is a 100% unadulterated straight rye whiskey, but because of the two state issue, they put right here on the back that it says that there is no coloring or flavoring added. So you know you're dealing with 100% pure product. Now on this particular product, it's 92 proof. There are two different mash bills. Um, they get the MGPI mash bill that is the 95% rye and 5% malted barley. Uh, but they also have their own mash bill, which is 80% rye and 20% malted barley that's actually from High West. And they will not disclose to you what the percentage of mixture is between those two mash bills. And I suspect that it's very heavily MGPI because there's a whole lot more of that available. Now the tasting notes on this are cinnamon, mint, clove, and dill. So this one's got that dill component. High West was the first legal distillery in Utah since 1870. And what's pretty interesting about this is that one, it's the only ski in, ski out distillery in the world. So if you go visit the High West distillery and they have multiple locations, but their main location, you can literally ski down the mountain, take a break, have a drink, and then continue to ski down the mountain, which is pretty interesting. Uh, the other thing is, is that their founder actually was inspired to start the distillery after he visited Maker's Mark. He was a biochemist. He went there, he heard some things. It piqued his interest. He realized that he had some understanding that would maybe give him an advantage in this industry. He was interested in whiskey and he decided to start the first distillery in Utah since 1870. Uh, their whiskey is extremely high rye compared to other whiskeys. Um, it's not really a Kentucky style rye, and I think it's delicious. So hopefully you'll pick up a bottle of this and check it out for yourself. Don't be afraid of it because it says blend of. It's totally unadulterated. 
Now, let's talk a little bit about the channel's purpose. So if this is the first time you've ever watched our channel, I wanna welcome you, thank you for supporting this channel. This channel is all about bringing people together. And bringing people together is something that whiskey is very good at doing because whiskey is a communal resource. And people don't necessarily drink a ton of whiskey by themselves, it's meant to be shared. And it's meant to be shared among friends. And unfortunately, I lost a loved one to suicide in 2014. And that came as a shock to me because I had no idea how alone my brother felt in this world. I didn't know that he, you know, didn't feel connected. I just thought that he had normal problems like any of us. And when he took his own life, like, it, it was just a shock. And I wanted to do something about it, but I didn't know what to do. And then I started to observe the connective power of whiskey. And I saw how people of all different races and religions and sexual orientations and everything else were brought together because they just loved the brown spirit. And that encouraged me to want to start this channel. And so that is the purpose of this channel. We want to use the connective power of brown spirits to bring people together. And I've seen a lot of people out there on the internet lately that are showing hate to people that they've never even met, they don't know anything about, and they're saying terrible things to each other. And the way I see it is that if they can hate somebody that they've never even met, it's just as easy for me to love them. And that's why I end every podcast with the same sign off, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.